0: Hey, everybody, it's John from johnloomer.com and John Loomer Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast, where I sit at the virtual bar with a friend from the digital marketing world to get drunk on social media. And today, excited, very excited to have on the show, really the inspiration for this show when it comes down to it, Marcus Sheridan, aka The Sales Lion, public, public speaker extraordinaire, prolific blogger. How's it going, my man?
1: Man, I, it's going good. I mean, look, I'm talking to one of the 10 best social media bloggers in the world, rumor has it. Rumor has and it. So, it's it's got to be going good, my man.
0: <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks. Yeah. And and really it, and why this it means a lot to me to have you on here. Um, man, I think back to last year when I first discovered you. When I, when I first ran across your stuff, and that happened because of the original, or I say the original, the 2012 version of the Social Media Examiner list when I was just trying to figure out what the heck I was doing. And um, one of the blogs on that list was by you, Marcus Sheridan. And I learned a whole freaking lot, uh, <laughs> you know, reading your stuff. And, and you know, I, just kind of about, you know, approach and, like, showing personal side and having some having an opinion on something and and then leading to the the podcast and you did that and and i was like i could do that too because you kind of laid it out so you've been so much help and inspiration to me this year man i really appreciate it
1: well it's my it's my pleasure but anyway you know but you've done your own thing and you've done um, you you know, you called me a prolific blogger. I think you've written more posts in one year than I have in three. <laughs> and, uh, so that's pretty, uh, that's pretty daggum impressive, man. And I mean, you're just a classic example of, of pushing through at this point, the industry of which you are in is so saturated, which we're in, I mean, we're in the realm that talks about social media and content marketing and all these fun words, right? Yeah. It's so saturated that to... For the cream to rise to the top, you really got to do exceptional things. The fact that you were able to do it in what was essentially a year, uh, man, I don't know how your marriage survived, but I think you did it. And it's really, really dang impressive. I'm serious.
0: Very impressive. I really appreciate that, Mark.
1: I mean, really,
0: it's my marriage survived partly because of this in, in that I'm not busting my butt you know 20 hours a day out you know downtown somewhere i'm doing it here in the house so while i'll get get and i'm sure got annoying to my wife occasionally being in the office all day i'm still at home which i think means a lot and that's why we do this stuff right
1: well no doubt man people say to my wife a lot these days how do you feel about marcus like flying around the world and being away at night sometimes, you know, and she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It was way worse before when he was home every night, but home as in like 11 o'clock at night. I was already asleep and he was gone before I woke up. That wasn't that was no life. Exactly. You know, That stunk. Yeah, sure. We saw each other on the weekends. Now, it's like legitimate, we have breakfast together. We do lunch as a family. That's some pretty sweet action. It's great, man. It is. It is. I
0: I think back, and honestly, there, there have been times where I've been like, I need to get out of the house so I don't annoy my wife that I'm around so often, and like, Uh, go to a coffee shop, you know, do some work somewhere else. And like, I'm here so often, like all the time, I I have to remind myself to get out every once in a while. And so it is, you know, it's nothing like it was before. I I remember when I worked um, in in Jersey and like that commute every day was murder. And so I spent so much time like in the office or on the road. And like, this is, I mean, this is why we, why we do
1: what we do. You know, this is great. Yeah, absolutely, man. So anyway, this is the
0: pubcast. Um, so, for anyone who's a first-time listener, I mean, the, the whole thought here is that I'm going to be pretty relaxed. I mean, I've got a little bit of structure, kind of things. I, I want you know, I'm, I'm going to look to kind of cover here if we can, but no big deal. The thought is we're sitting at a bar, and I mean, I still I owe you a beer to be honest with you, um, and and just kind of chilling, talking social media like we nerds do. If we if we sit at a bar, um, we might throw in some sports. <laughs> Some sports there, too. I don't know. But
1: what are you drinking, Marcus? Um, Tonight, it's just a Diet Coke, man. That's it. But it's not bad. Damn. It's not bad stuff there.
0: I, I thought I could count on you since uh, you're on the East Coast and uh, being you know 7.30 out there. But it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I, I, I'm working on a, a Breckenridge Oatmeal Stout today. Listen to this guy. he's yeah. He's advanced. He's one of those... <laughs> Eclectic, yeah. Scott. <laughs> I went to a liquor store especially for this today. So this is for this <laughs> podcast. All right. So um, what, a very timely post by you today, Marcus. Thank you, sir. Uh, the title of which was why comments and social shares are incredibly overrated to content marketing success. Let me know what you're thinking there.
1: Yeah. Well okay. So whenever you say some say something like this, people misconstrue. <laughs> okay. So the the whole this article was because um, I've written about this before. I once wrote an article that was like 12,576 comments later, I realized blog comments are not a business model. Right. And the theme of that article at the time was, okay, so I've gotten thousands of thousands of, of comments. None of these people that I've commented have become a client of the sales lion uh, after the comment. I've had clients that were already... People leave a comment that were already clients, but not the other way around. All mm-hmm. right. And um, usually the people that comment on the sales line are other marketers, other people in this realm, like you, right? right. Like you. So. That's the first thing that we've got to remember. Mm -hmm. Second thing is about that. We can't cash comments in to pay our mortgage nor meet payroll. So today's article came off of an article that was found at the Content Marketing Institute, which was talking about eight essential KPIs or key performance indicators of uh, content marketing. And two of the eight, I agreed with six of them, real strong, right? Yeah. But two of the eight, one was comments and one was social shares. Shares, And I think this is where a lot of people get screwed up because the reality, Loomer, is that most industries are not social. Yeah. Most industries, if you really break it out, there's not a prolific amount of people that are tweeting it, sharing it, liking it, all this stuff. Right. And when I say most industries, I'm talking about the small... Businesses that really run the world's economy. And so let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. People know that I own a swimming pool company. I still own that company. I don't run it myself. I have two business partners that run it. Now, we have written – I have stuff on our company website, on our blog that's been read a couple hundred thousand times. Much of that stuff has been liked, shared, or tweeted less than ten times. Very, very little amount. And we're talking about hundreds to thousands of reads. I have some articles. I've got one page of my website. It's not even a blog article. But by the way, a blog article, what's the difference in a page of your site? Same thing, right? Exactly. So I've got one page of my site that is my pool site, which is how much does a fiberglass pool cost? And if you type in your search engine right now, anybody's listening to this. Anything that has to do with fiberglass pool prices and costs, et cetera, it's going to be the first one that pops up on Google. Well, it has led to, because of the advanced analytics that I use, and I just recently updated this number through my tracking, it's led to $1.7 million in sales, uh, clients that I was able to attain that I would not have because they would never have found the site. They never would have found the company. We never would have had a sales appointment. They never would have bought had it sure. not been for that one article. That one article has never been shared. It has never been liked, it's never been tweeted, and it has no comments. But yet it has a massive ROI. So the KPI that we all need to be paying attention to, bottom line is, how much is this generating in terms of leads and then sales? Not even traffic so much, although traffic is fine, but not even traffic so much. I mean, traffic's cool, and I would put that in the KPI section. But I would not put comments in social shares there. That does not mean it's not important sometimes. You know what I mean, man? It doesn't mean that it can't lead to some business, directly or indirectly. But it's just not a KPI, and there's a big difference. Right.
0: Yeah, and I think, because I I agree, and I don't know if you saw my comment on there, because I I feel like I comment on everything you write. But I I agree, especially at that very end of your, your post, you said, could comments and social shares be a byproduct of content marketing excellence? Yes, of course, and they can help things too. But the key word here is byproduct, not KPI. I, you know, at least at least partially agree with that uh, for for a lot of reasons. I mean, look, the, the, like you said, the share doesn't pay the bills. The, the comment doesn't pay the bills. And um, not to mention, like, these are things that people fake all the time, right? You got – spam bots are commenting on crap you got uh spam bots who are sharing stuff all over twitter and everywhere else and so you you can't necessarily compare apples to apples you know one site's comments and and shares to another just because of all those things involved that said and again we might be saying the same thing in different ways um that like you said the industry does matter And and i'm speaking from obviously a completely different industry i'm not in the pool industry but you know i feel like when you're in the pool industry and you know that obviously in, that your competition is different the vast majority like you said of websites and blogs in that industry people are not going to be commenting they're not going to be sharing so because of that it's really not it's not important at all but those are things that lead to first of all google rating you higher or Facebook graph search when that's really up and going, rating you higher. And for ultimately more more and more people finding you organically, which would then and then the comments spending more time on your site and people, you know, viewing different pages of your site and then eventually becoming a customer and buying something.
1: So I don't know. Are we saying the same thing in a different way? I I don't know. I don't know, John. I'm not fully buying that. Okay, I don't – will comments sometimes show up for search engine results and help you out a little bit? Yeah, kind of a little bit, but not very much at all, okay? It's it's a very low factor when it comes to search engine results, very, very low factor. Comments as a whole, I talk about this in the article. You know how many people – here's where the problem lies, John. Getting back to the KPI factor here, okay? Do you know how many people have wanted to quit blogging or quit their business, yeah, yeah. or quit content marketing because they weren't getting shared and commented on. Sure, sure. Why is that? Because we have set the wrong standard in the industry. Right. This is a huge problem. And I brought it back to the physiological component, which is important. This it might not be as sexy to talk about this, but let's get to the core problem. Well, the core problem. I'm a huge Simon Sinek fan, mm-hmm. and he wrote "Start with Why," uh, the Golden Circle. A lot of powerful, powerful principles he teaches. And um, he was talking, I was listening to talk the other week at one of his uh, one of his events where I was speaking as well. He was right before me. It was amazing. He was off the chain. And he talked about the chemical that we release called dopamine. And dopamine is what essentially is that quick burst chemical that makes us feel good, but it's not built to last. Right. And it's really a false god in a lot of ways. Alcohol, gambling, it's like that constant Ching to ching, right. and even so, in with the technology age, when we get that email, right, and we hear the the bing uh, on our phones, or we have that vibration even on our phones, there's an excitement that runs through it through us. That's dopamine. But is it really helping us at all? Hmm. Is it helping that business at all? When we get a comment now, it's like dopamine. Ooh, this person likes me. <laughs> but in reality. Is this person a potential client? Oftentimes the answer is no. Sure, they could indirectly, even sometimes directly, lead to business, but it's not a KPI. Sure. I'm in, I, and see people say, well, well, you know, they like, look, I'm in an industry that is not social at all with swimming pools. And then I'm in an industry that's 100% social when it comes to talking about marketing. I'm on both sides of the spectrum. I'm in an industry. Where I've got the most popular blog in the world and what it is, and it doesn't get shared almost at all socially. And I've got an industry that's not – I'm in the sales line, marketing industry, where it's not even close to the most popular blog of its kind. But it gets a huge amount of shares, comments, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And this isn't just me, John. I'm talking – I've got – Um, six main retainer clients right now, and that's about how many I like to have. Each business is between 10 and a hundred million dollars in total. That's what their size of their business. Okay. So they're in the larger end of a small business. Mm -hmm. None of these companies, when it comes to their content marketing, even like it doesn't even, they don't even care as from a KPI standpoint, the last thing they're worried about is a comment or a social share. They want to see how the visit translates to a lead and then to a sale, a client. That's what they care about. That's what runs the engine. That's what pays for the content marketing, and that's what we have to remember. It is no question, there's no question that somebody that somebody could read my stuff on Twitter and then say, Ooh, I like him and I want him to I want to engage his company. There's no question about it. I'm not doubting that. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm talking about is a KPI, which is different than a factor of. Sure. They're two different things.
0: Understood. Understood. And and I don't even I don't even have that list in front of me. Do you remember what made up most of the rest of that, that list, the top six?
1: Well well one of the big ones that he mentioned, which I'm a huge proponent of, is bounce rate and yeah. uh, pages viewed. Very important. Huge factor, right? He talked about mobile activity, what percentages on mobile. He talked about your geographic activity. He talked about the number of total visitors that you're getting, which isn't as strong of a KPI because there's a lot of false God visitors. Like, for example, speaking of visitors and speaking of false social shares, stumble upon.
0: Mm. I mean all stumble oh, upon God, the, it's crap, yeah.
1: All of our bounce rates. Yeah. That's all stumble upon is good for. Destroying bounce rates. Bunch right? of bunch of five second
0: uh, views, right?
1: Yeah, like what – you know, you people, they just get the – again, they get the dopamine of, oh, I got 20,000 visitors today. Huh. And they think that it's going to be built to last. It's gone tomorrow. The bounce rate just shot down, and they're like, gee, what happened? It's not real. Mm-hmm. It's a false god online. It's a false – so that's why – what What is a strategy that is built to last? What is a KPI that's built to last? Well, certainly, we should increase visitors over time if we're doing this the right way, but the question is, are they the right visitors? I talked about this a few weeks ago, John, when talked about money keywords right, right. versus keywords that are just there, but they don't really generate clients. So if you go in and look at your Google Analytics, I look at mine every single day. Okay, so let's say I get... On the average day, John, I'm guessing from an organic search, and, and 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 I like to hear your stats on this one too. But from an organic perspective, I'm I'm guessing I get five to eight hundred or, or four to eight hundred organic visitors a day. Okay, out of those four to eight hundred organic visits from search, mm. somewhere around uh, less than ten percent, probably less than five percent are really I'm am the really targets for me. They're clearly right. looking for something that I offer. And so my my goal for this year, John, is to improve that number because that to me is a KPI. Right. Yeah, I mean I,
0: and and we we talked about this a little bit when um, you published that about the money keywords because I see that as a potential issue with my site. I mean, my site I'm getting man, I'm getting I was I'm trying to bring it up here and see what I had even yesterday. But we're talking about thousands of Google referrals every day. And but that said, that also results in a lot of first time visitors, uh quick quick exits. Uh so yesterday, yeah, yesterday we had uh close to three thousand yeah three thousand referrals from search engines in general, but how many of those are leading to business? Very, very small number and, and to be honest with you, in most cases, I don't think those those people who are coming from Google, especially that day, for me because I, I probably need to take a second look at how i'm how I'm uh, creating content are are leading to business. This is more uh, answering a quick question to them for them, which is often like uh, you know where the, the, uh, you know, what, what are the, the sizes of your Facebook cover photo and stuff like that, um, as opposed to I think more of that actually comes from Facebook for me, those people who are there every single day um, seeing what I do, which leads them to then want my help with what they do because it's such an easy correlation there
1: well there's there's no question in in this this changes it like so in other words i know you make you make a lot of money on your site off of visitors because you're doing um like sponsored ads things like that right so visitors is a factor for you it's a little bit different for you most businesses 99 percent, don't have that model right right and so then the visitors that come in the question is are they searching a Phrase That would indicate that they would spend money with me or someone in my industry, right? Right. And so let me give an example of what I'm talking about. I once wrote a post that was talking about why Burger King's marketing stunk compared to McDonald's and why McDonald's (laughs) kills them every year, right? So if you go online right now, John, and you type in McDonald's versus Burger King or why is McDonald's better than Burger King, I'm on first page of Google for all those searches. I get tons of Mickey D's BK-related searches. (laughs) Every single one of them is a quick bounce. They're not there very long, and certainly they're never going to become a customer. That ain't a money keyword. But like somebody today, if they typed in, how much does a social media speaker cost? Or how much does a content marketing consultant cost? Yeah. Or um, what are the problems with HubSpot? Or what are the reviews of HubSpot? See, those are money keywords. I rank for every single one of them. I'm targeting them just like my recent post this week. My first post this week was I knew wouldn't get shared a lot. It wouldn't have – for me, okay, it, it got 40 tweets on Twitter which would be considered a below-average post, mm-hmm. but it was a huge money post. It was Infusionsoft versus HubSpot, right, right. which is the best automated marketing software. So right now, if you go online and you type in Infusionsoft versus HubSpot, guess what? Now sales line's rocking already first page of Google, and it won't be long, I'm sure, until it's number one. It's just going to be there. Sure. That person is incredibly... Very much, Lee, in my wheelhouse for a potential client. I want that person because they're deciding between Infusionsoft and HubSpot, and they might as well let me help them make that decision. I'm a HubSpot uh, value-added reseller, and so it's perfect. And who knows? Maybe one of these days I'll be selling Infusionsoft as well, right? right. And that's I'm talking Infusionsoft. They, they contacted me right after that post. But the point of it is <laughs> that is a money article. That article will generate Qualified traffic, qualified leads, and legit sales—much more than the article I wrote today, which is fun. Which will talk about you know false metrics for content marketing. But the article today, in reality, it's not going to probably generate a single client. But it will get shared a lot more than the one about Infusionsoft.
0: Damn it, Marcus! I feel like we could talk all day. But let's let's, let's continue on this one, and I'm probably going to skip like. Six of the things on my my uh, list. Of it's because I talk
1: list. too much. I no, can't no. shut up. Sorry. No, no, this is this is this is
0: awesome. This is good stuff. So, and this kind of brings back the the idea of uh, the key the money keywords and all that. So, what's your process then of figuring out what it is you're going to write about, uh, and like how far in advance do you plan that? I mean, what's your process? I'm a terrible process guy.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't have a very good one at all. I I do try to, like everybody else, try to write the ideas down as they come. And I have a strategic side of things. Like I know I'm going to be writing a lot about automated marketing software solutions. I'll be doing HubSpot versus Marketo posts, things like that, right? Mm -hmm. So those are very targeted. I've got some targeted pages on the site um, that are very strategic. But a lot of my articles, like the one today, just came from, I was reading that article on CMI, Content Marketing Institute, didn't like those two um, points that he made. and I said, hey, this is absolutely something that I have to write about. Uh, I don't write in advance. I don't ever have anything in the queue. Mm -hmm. I I literally write it it, at that point in time. Most of my posts take somewhere around an hour to write, 30 to 45 minutes to get uploaded. That's because I tend to run a little bit longer. And I'm finding, this is an article that I am going to write because it's in my head. We went through this period of short posts, get it out there. People ain't patient enough for it. And then Panda... Penguin, all this other Jimmy Jenks came out, and we started realizing, ooh, we might want to think more of like an online publisher, magazine style, kind of like Social Media Examiner, and more beef to our content. Right. And so it's now has shifted that beefy content. You talk about you know social shares and all that right. other junk. That's what's getting shared today, the beefy stuff that you know this like super post, pillar posts, all those. People will share those without even reading the whole thing because they think, "Wow, this guy spent a whole lot of time on it,
0: yeah yeah and and I write a lot of those beefy posts i mean I, i've got I see both sides I've got the one where it's like the shortest uh article I've ever written that is still like the most most uh traffic piece of content every day to my site what, was that? That, what was that that was uh the the um the uh, Facebook timeline dimensions, like all the different dimensions of, of images on timeline. So it's basically just an infographic with a few explanations, right? That said, on a day-to-day basis, and I, I feel like that's almost like because it was such a useful tool, people loved it and it's, it's evergreen and they come back to it all the time. Um, that said, the stuff that people really resonate with, those comments <laughs> underneath where they're like this really struck home hit home for me and blah, blah, blah. It's those long, long blog posts. And, um, and I, have, I have fun writing them. And like you talk about writing a blog post in an hour. I don't have many of those these days unless it's like one of those editorial opinion posts, which I've, I have the most fun writing. You don't have to worry about all the images and like all this stuff you did. And like all the, the detailed research, it's like you're just flying through, like all these things you know in your head that you've been meaning to put on on the computer screen, right?
1: I'm totally with you. I love the opt, eds Most of my stuff is op-ed, but like you, when I'm rip- ripping out one of those seventeen hundred, two thousand word posts with a lot of images uh, or in videos, it easily can take a few hours. Right? No, no question about it. it. Can take a few hours. But you know, here's what I'm finding: if somebody is willing to read an article that's two thousand words. They're much more serious of a potential client. If somebody's willing to watch a video, that's why sometimes, you, you know, I hate it when I hear the phrase, you know, when I do your videos more than three minutes long, because <laughs> nobody will listen to them after that. I'm like, are you, sh- what? Yeah. That's such crud. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have, with my swimming pool company, I've got a video that's an hour long. Wow. I've had hundreds of people watch the whole thing twice, three times. Nice. Why? because they're getting ready to drop a whole bunch of duckies on a swimming pool. You better believe they'll spend the time to do the research. It is mythological. See, numbers can really screw us all up because we see, oh, well, these the the view rate goes way down after three minutes, and all of a sudden we think we better not do long videos. Or, oh, people don't get through these long articles, so we better not do long articles. we got to stop this mess because right. what we're doing is we're – the best content will filter out the bad leads from the good leads, and that's why longer content is just that. It's the best filter out there for sales. I never really thought of it that way. Yeah. So it's
0: so like with the video, if they make it through that ten minutes or whatever it is or hour, those are the people you know are money. Uh, as opposed to if you got a, a, a one minute, and it's like, well, how many of those people are a potential sales? You have no idea. Uh, that's that's a really good point.
1: Well, that's why we've got to be careful of all these screwed up metrics that we keep hearing so much about.
0: That's true. It's true. I mean, we could spend a lot of time talking about uh, metrics that are overrated or underrated. It's 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 like a big – because I'm a stat nerd as a baseball guy. And so I love talking about that kind of stuff, like how we focus way too much on certain baseball stats. So to be able to take it over to, to social media marketing, content marketing, Facebook, um, I always have fun with that. Um, I, if, if you have a few minutes after this, I'd love to talk some more, but we are out of time, my friend. That's a bummer, dude. I <laughs> know. You know what's kind of ironic about this conversation? We're talking about time limits. Like, you don't need to stop. You can keep going. You can go for an hour, two hours. People <laughs> who listen are the ones who really care. And then I'm like, yeah, that's so true. All right, I'm out of time. <laughs> but thank Amen. you. Thank you so much, Marcus. Um, again, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're fingerprints in a way around this thing because... I started it when you kind of laid out that tutorial as far as how you did your your podcast. And although I, I, I was completely overwhelmed by the idea, once you laid it out, I was like, I can do it too. So thank you, my friend.
1: Hey, buddy. Thank you. Thanks to your audience. Anybody, um, if anybody wants to find me... You can find me at thesalesline.com, at thesalesline on Twitter, or my podcast is called Mad Marketing with the Sales Line. John, you're doing great things. Keep it up, brother. Thank you, my friend.
0: And that was awesome. Thanks again to Marcus Sheridan for being my guest this week on the social media podcast where we get drunk on social media. And make sure that you follow Marcus at his website the fantastic resource for content marketing. Marcus tells it how it is and, uh, never shortage of brilliant words coming out of that blog. So check it out. Uh, make sure that you subscribe, rate and review this podcast podcast on iTunes. All right. So until next time, do awesome things. I'm
1: out.